Hello and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. My name is Colton Geschwanner and I am your host here on the DTP. And welcome to episode 56 where my guest here today is John Harvey, lead singer and bassist for Monster Truck. Before we get started with John today, of course, I want to go ahead and thank everyone for their feedback on the episode I released two weeks ago with the very talented T. Nile. That's right, we missed releasing last week because unfortunately I was quite sick and could not release an episode. So to make up for that in the near future, I'm going to have a double release week. Probably not next week, but I'm thinking the week after that one. We're going to have an episode on Tuesday and a Thursday to make up for that because I made the promise there's going to be no missed episodes. So thank all of you who went ahead and listened to that episode. Those of you who shared the episode, thank you so, so very much. That extra little cherry on top because you guys really, truly don't know how much that helps this show grow. And if you are a new listener, maybe you want to consider hitting the subscribe or follow button before we go and get things started. And speaking about that, John Harvey and Monster Truck are determined to prove that rock and roll lives strong across the globe, on festival stages, smoke-filled clubs, and possibly even your local hockey arena. Constantly putting rubber to the road, Monster Truck are currently getting down and dirty in support of their latest record, True Rockers, which was recently nominated for the 2018 Juno Award for Rock Album of the Year. John joins the DTP today to discuss that Juno-nominated album, True Rockers, from working with producers Dan Weller and Gavin Brown, You may know him for his work with bands like Fozzie and Three Days Grace, also nominated for a Juno, how the band explored a bit with this album's sound, working with rock and roll legend God D. Schneider on the title track for this album, being double featured on Hockey Night in Canada, and being spoken up by probably, you know, Canada's lord and saint of hockey himself, one Mr. Don Cherry. I mean, playing the upcoming Trailer Park Boys cruise, the band's love of hockey and football, and so much more here in my conversation today with John Harvey. And I think you guys need to get extremely excited because obviously you can tell that I am hyped up. I'm energetic, and that's because I've been listening to this new album, True Rockers, and what better way to get you guys ready to hear John talk all about it with that title track that just so happens to feature the legendary Mr. D. Schneider. This is True Rocker. Hey, Mom, let's go!
to pay respect to rock and roll, to testify that we are true rockers. This ain't rock and roll is not dead, cause it lives in our hearts. Stand up and be counted, stand up and show your true colors. Show everybody you know that rock lives in your soul, and that we ain't never gonna let it die. I wanna see all heads banging, all fists to the sky, scream at the top of your lungs. I know who I am, I know what I stand for. I am a true rocker. Let me hear you sing. Raise your voices in praise, and as long as we still breathe, rock and roll, it will live forever. And if you believe it will never die, we will never die. Now scream! We are here with John Harvey, otherwise known as Marv, from the band Monster Truck. They are currently touring in support of the Juno-nominated album True Rockers. How's it going? It's good. Yeah, real good. Taking it easy. Rear drive today, but, you know, uh, it's good. Do you guys tour in the winter very often? Oh, it seems we always do Canada in the winter for some reason, even though we know better, right? But, uh, you know, it's just time we have to do it. We have, uh, we're in Europe a lot of the other times of the year, so we have to do it when we can. Yeah, I guess Europe's sort of the uh, more of the summer run with the festivals and everything that go right. on, right? Yeah, kind of. I think a lot of it, yeah, it's like spring and things like that, and you want to get in there at the prime times. And right now, Europe's been a really good market for us, so mm-hmm. we really like to build that. So um, we're kind of putting that as a priority right now. So that being said, Canada in the winter, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all, it's just the way that it ends up working out. Absolutely, which is fine. I mean, it, no one really minds, too, because no one wants to be outside right now, so mm-hmm. typically the shows are all right. Yeah, no worries. Stay inside the warm van, get inside the building as soon as you can. Right. Right, right. Okay, so have you guys hit into Europe yet on this tour run? Uh, we for did this album? a little bit in the end of last year. We were in Europe for about two months. Okay. Um, but that was supporting Blackstone Cherry, their mm-hmm. American band. And then uh, our headline tour is April, May through okay. UK and Europe. So that'll be coming up. Yeah. After you guys do the uh, Trailer Park Boys <laughs> yeah. cruise. Yeah, after the Trailer Park Boys cruise. So that'll be fun. How did you guys end up becoming a part of that? I don't know. I think we just got booked for it because hmm. it's kind of work. Mm-hmm. So uh, as soon as they asked us, we're just like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, so that's in March here, right? March, yeah, yeah. That should uh, be pretty crazy going out to the Bahamas with the... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to expect at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's... Uh, it's going to be an interesting one for sure, I, I'd imagine. Have you ever come across the Trailer Park Boys before? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah? You've uh, met the guys? Yeah, Brandon and Jerry were at a party with them one time a long time, or like a year ago or so, and so they got to know them, I guess, a little bit. So, yeah, cool. From what I know, they're pretty cool. I, I, you know, I've met other people from the show that are really nice, mm-hmm. so it's good. All right, it should make for a pretty awesome time on the water. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Somebody banging on the door in the background, but that's all right. <laughs> True Rockers being your latest release here in September. Mm-hmm. When did you end up recording the album? We recorded it, we were finished it the September before it was released. So it took a year of just bureaucracy and uh, things like that to actually come out. 
Hmm. But uh, yeah, we, we uh, recorded it pretty quick. So it was kind of funny. I mean, then we waited around for a long time for it to come out. So we released it in September 2018, and we actually finished it September 2017. Really? Which is kind of funny when you think about it. Mm-hmm. But we went back into the studio in April and recorded two other songs for it, both of which became singles. So it was uh, it was kind of good that we waited, but also it just it took so long, and it was really frustrating. So. You know, now mm. that it's out and we're actually on the road again, it feels really good to like not sit at home and just stew. <laughs> you know? Having already been recorded and written most of the songs, were you guys already touring on some of these tracks or were you holding them in your back pocket? We always play new songs when we write them pretty much. I mean, mm. it's the best way to test them out. Because if you if you never play them for anyone, how do you know if anyone's going to like it? And plus, you have a good idea of what uh, parts of the songs people are going to react to. Yeah. So, it's kind of, uh, it's good to tour test them. Because mm-hmm. that's one song uh, I know in your guys' catalog that you guys did that a lot with was uh, For the Sun. Oh, yeah. Which is a s- song that I'm a very, very big fan of. Right on. And actually, the years that you guys were testing that out, I think I saw you guys four times in that year. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got to yeah. see the uh, process as it came along. Yeah, it was a lot longer before. Mm-hmm. You can believe it. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys work with Eric Ratz on this album, or did you guys work with other producers? No, we did it with this guy Dan Weller from uh, the UK. He's like a metal guy. Okay. And he's just a good producer. He writes country songs and plays in like a super crazy metal band. Huh. So he's amazing, and he's got a great musicality. So we worked with him for most of it, and then we did um, three songs with Gavin Brown, who did like Three Days Grace. He's done Pretty Little Ladies, The Hip, like all that stuff, mm-hmm. just to try and get some singles out and work some radio magic. So oh, he's a hit master. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so we did three songs with him, and then uh, yeah, then the record was finally done, and <laughs> finally put it. <laughs> Did you guys like go back into the studio to touch anything up in between the year that you guys released it, or no. was it pretty much? It just was pretty well. There. We did that second session, mm-hmm. and that's it. And we basically sent it away for mix and master and call it a day. I mean, you could sit there and stew over the things forever, but yeah. you might as well just, you know, let it go. Well, that's fair. If well. you love it, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. For this album where you guys kind of took a little bit of a stylistic change on a few songs. Yeah. Kind of a little bit of backlash from fans, but otherwise some fans are appreciating the progression in sound. Is that something that, were those the songs that Gavin helped on? Those like Evolution and Young City Hearts? Yeah, yeah. Those are two two that Gavin did. And it's just, it was just to try and see if we can do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, what else are we doing? We had this record, we wanted to do something kind of ambitious, so. That's kind of how it came out. I don't really, uh, we don't really listen to people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's going to be a cold day in hell when I start deciding what kind of songs I'm going to write based on YouTube comments. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of one of those things where um, we just wanted to try it out. Mm-hmm. And who knows what we're going to do next? It's not really, you don't need that kind of limitations. Oh, definitely. And it's something where you guys started this band to kind of embrace the things that you wanted to do did you not yeah yeah, pretty much i mean i think now it's a lot different than it Mm -hmm. used to be because before it was just all fun and now it's a job Mm -hmm. you know it's been a job for a while so it kind of definitely changes the way you look at it so being well now probably about eight years nine years since you guys started the band like how different how much has things changed for the group 
really not that much considering we just tour like maniacs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny. It's like nothing really, really changes as long as you're on the road. Mm-hmm. And and nothing, you know, it hasn't been really exponential or anything like that. Like we've just been working really hard and trying to get it out, and it's been chugging along. So I'm quite pleased with that. You know, mm-hmm. like to keep going. Okay. So you guys both came from very different bands before Monster Truck, that being The Reason and St. Alvia. Yeah. So I wasn't in either of those bands. You weren't in either of them. Mm-hmm. It was the other members. It was all the other guys, yeah. yeah. I was in my, I had my own stuff going on. Okay, so what were you doing at that time? Uh, I had a couple, like, whatever kind of bands that I was playing with, but I was mostly writing, like, classic rock stuff, and then decided to start this band and it hmm. kind of worked okay and then how do you come into the fold with everything oh I've been friends with all these guys okay we're Jer anyways for like 20 years playing so, shows like, with them and whatnot yeah yeah me and Jer kind of grew up in the same scene with bands uh, we decided mm-hmm. we wanted to start this thing and then I met Brandon at the first band practice for Monster Truck mm-hmm. and I met Steve like two, a month before that. oh wow yeah so yeah, I've only known clicked. these guys <laughs> for like eight nine years Pretty crazy. Yeah, just jump right into it and start the recording. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, we started playing, and then as soon as people gave a shit, we mm-hmm. started doing, you know, more. Hmm. That's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, that's about. Mm-hmm. And then, with that progression into like going back into other styles, was that something that you guys like yourselves wanted to do, having came from different projects and different sounds? Maybe, but I think it was just mostly just to have fun. And see what we can get away with. Like, how many different styles can you put on the record? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, I don't know, it doesn't make, I think the record's still pretty cohesive considering how wacky it is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. I think it was, mo- this one was mostly about just like trying to get out and, and enjoy what we're doing again, you know what I mean? Because it gets old, man. Mm-hmm. So it, this, that's what it was mostly about. And now, you know, writing the next record now, so it's kind of like, I don't know. Who knows which way it's going to go? Well, there's it's always point, different, right? Yeah, there's a point where you have to make it exciting again for yourself, right? Well, it's like a slap snapshot of a year. Every time you put a record, it's exact. It's kind of like what happened since the last time. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the songs on True Rockers are faster and like heavier. I don't know. We were playing a lot of European metal festivals and things <laughs> like that, so you end up writing kind of like that way. But uh, it was mm-hmm. it was good. It was a. Uh, Hopefully, uh, people you know in Canada latch onto it. In other countries, people are right into it. But you know, Canada Canada's hard, man, because you do one thing and you're like, oh, it doesn't sound like monster truck. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> and then they just forget about you. But they're just fine. I don't mind. Which is weird because like the rest of rock radio is going in an entirely different direction. Well, I think I think uh, we were going in the right direction, and mm-hmm. we tried to go in the direction everyone else was going in. That was stupid. <laughs> we should have just kept writing songs like we write. Well, either way, though, like oh, some of those well, we still songs wrote these stand songs. out, though. Oh, totally, and I, I, I think, of course, that's great. But like, it, you know, it, you, yeah, you just gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In all honesty, probably my favorite song on the album might be "Young City Hearts." Yeah, I like that song a lot. That was mm-hmm. a died. Me and Jerry worked really hard on it. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Was uh, working with Gavin. Was that like very? Like, did it push your boundaries as a musician? Like, was it challenging for you? Um, sort of. Like, not so much for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Me and him got along really well. But uh, the the lyrical part of it, uh, writing, because writing, I worked with, he had a partner, Maya Davies, he does mostly vocals and lyrics. We sat down and rewrite the whole song. 
and uh, like most of it, like most of the phrases I already had, like most of the lyrics, we just rearranged them and did everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know, it wasn't hard, no, it was really easy, it was really inspiring actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most inspired I've ever been working with a production team. Mm-hmm. So, Gavin's yeah, a really electric kind of guy, you know, and it can go either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he likes you, he's great. <laughs> well, he can definitely bring a lot of energy to a track, and yeah. that's like right well, off the start. He's got a natural thing, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people have that. Yeah, it's uh like with evolution, it definitely catches you right off the bat, and that being like your first single, where like that first line, like the way that you sing it, just sort of like catches you and makes you like grabs your attention. It's like, yeah. wait, what? This monster truck? He took all the guitars out. <laughs> Kevin's like, less guitars. And he's like, don't play guitar. He's like, what? There's some family here. Like, don't. So we kind of like, you know, it was a little different, but it was awesome. I mean, it was a great learning experience. And mm-hmm. I learned an awful lot. So progressing from your other albums, like, was this more of a growth for you guys that you found? Was writing some of these tracks a little bit more challenging? Or were you guys like in so far in your process that you guys sort of have that monster truck formula and idea like I don't think we ever have a problem up. writing, man. I like write songs every day. It's like <laughs> I am not one of those people that gets writer's block. I just have so much <laughs> to get out and it's you might as well just do it. So that's kind of the way I approach it. It's always the same. It's always just writing tunes and trying to make the best ones you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, this is no, it's no different than any other record except we spent more money. <laughs> Stupidly, <laughs> yeah. that happens. Um, do you find that Dine Alone Records, being on what's considered a smaller record label but still somewhat of a powerhouse within the Canadian scene. Right. Um, do you find that they give you a lot of leeway in your creative direction? Yeah, they don't really mess around with us. I mean, we're this is our last record with Dino, actually. Um, well, our contract's up. Oh. But uh, I, uh, I think that they never really were worried about us, mm-hmm. you know? I think they have other things to worry about, and we typically deliver... Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like one of those things, and they can kind of just be like, okay, these guys are good, you know, yeah. and it's nice, I think. But you know, they they've been great to us, and we're really happy with our relationship with them. Well, it's interesting that they do that with them being a primary like indie label. And well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Do you know what I mean? It's true. Like we used to select singles with them. Like it was their idea to put Seven Seas Blues to radio. That was your first thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. So and then we just started putting songs to radio, and they all did good. So it was like one of those things where you know. Uh, it ended up being a perfect partnership, even though we're not like any other band. Either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, something you mentioned earlier is the European festival scene. Right. You guys in 2018 played Download, but the first time you guys played that was in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. We so three times. it was actually one of the first times you guys ever played the UK. So yeah. I mean, it was the first time. Yeah. So. Having that being the, your introduction to the UK, what was your experience with that? And then, like, having that five years of growth to build, like, a fan base and, like, to grow yourself within that region, like, mm. how do you guys, like, notice just, like, hitting the stage the first time and then, like, this last time you went and played it? Oh, I think we got lucky getting that started download the first time. I think they were missing a band and we were a good, we were a fit. 
for what was going on that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, I don't know, I don't know how it's really changed. I mean, we've been plugging it over there, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we go over there like twice a year. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's it, it, if you go and, and put in enough time, eventually it works out for you typically if you're good at it. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of plugging through. I mean, it's a nice thing to be able to do those things. It's nice to play down low. It's really nice to play main stage. But, you know, still a lot of work to be done. Oh, of course. And still I, a lot the way of I look at it. It's, it's kind of funny to think about, but, like, yeah, I always, I'm always a uh, class half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always so many more places to go until you reach the top of the mountain. And right. even then, you can. Oh, we'll never reach the top of the mountain. I just want to get to, like, one of those. Like first base camp or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just get there, maybe get see, use their binoculars to look up. Right, right. I don't need to, I don't need to be on the top. I don't care about that. I just want to be able to provide for my family. <laughs> Very true. Because I mean, sometimes that's all you can ask for when you're chasing your crazy dreams, making all the true rockers worldwide bang their heads along to your tunes. Is that hopefully? You can send a little bit of food back home to keep the family rocking and bopping and happily and healthily as well. Of course, I want to talk to you all about getting D. Snyder on the title track for this album, the song that we played earlier on the show that we kicked things off of. We're going to be talking all about how you got that preacher moment together with one of rock and roll's gods himself. But before we do that, I want to take a quick moment to go ahead and tell the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast, the ones listening to this episode right now, that's right, you here right now, this is how you can go ahead and save 20% off your next purchase of Desert Tiger merchandise to support the store. You simply use the code TRUERockers when you are making your purchase that will be the code that is used on the store for the next week. Of course, our Shopify is still a little bit down. We are working on that, getting everything nice and ready for that. But you can go ahead and hit us on any of our social media pages and just happen to mention that you are listening to this episode and say that you are a true rocker and you're going to go ahead and save yourself 20% off your next order from the DTP. I also want to go ahead and thank all of you who have been following the Desert Tiger playlists over on Spotify. I'm currently working on getting them onto Apple Music and Google Play Music as well. You guys have been very patient with me. I ran a survey on my Instagram the other day to see if people were interested in me doing that. You guys were very very interested so apparently there's quite a few of you that do do use apple music and apple podcasts so for those of you the great rhymed north the trans canada skate tape maple moshers and the canuck rock potluck are going to be coming to those services right away if you aren't following that on spotify but you listen to spotify why don't you go ahead look up desert tiger podcast or any of the names that I just mentioned, that being the Great Rhymed North, the Trans Canada Skate Tape, that being the Punk and Hardcore Great Rhymed North is our hip-hop and rap, the Canuck Rock Potluck, of course you guys can tell what that is, and Maple Moshers are for those of you who are the heavy, heavy headbangers and love yourself some metal. I'm going to be working on one for pop music in Canada that I'm going to be naming Northern Lights right away as well. 
But of course, that is for a different time because right now we are in the middle of my conversation with John Harvey of Monster Truck. We need to get back into that by playing you guys another track off of their latest Juno Award nominated album, True Rockers. This is one of the songs that we discussed earlier, and you can also find this song on the Canuck Rock Potluck playlist, now available on Spotify, soon to be available on Apple Music and Google Play Music. This track is entitled Young City Hearts. Desert Tiger Podcast. 
So for a true rocker, and of course the title track for the album, you guys worked with probably one of the most dedicated and truest of rockers of all time, of course that being Mr. D. Snyder, a man who took the stand in the name of rock and roll. So how does that even come about to get D on the album, and where did the idea to like come up to bring that sort of like section on where it's just sort of like a preacher yeah. type moment. Well, then when I wrote the song, I was just like, okay, well, I had this part that I really liked, this metal part, and I thought it should go there. So I was trying to write something like, you know, my half-assed attempt at a Bohemian Rhapsody or something, you know. And uh, I wrote this part, and I'm like, well, we should probably have some kind of like rock and roll preacher section to really corn it up, you know, like really. Mm. Kind of. And. Uh, we were talking, I was talking to Dee for a while because he just found out about us. He was doing a thing in Toronto and he heard us in like some juice shop. And then mm-hmm. he started getting a hold of me and then we started chatting all a bunch of times. And I still chat to him some here and there. But uh, he, uh, he, I asked him to be on it. He's like, yeah, totally. So it was super easy. And then he recorded it in LA, I think, in his studio. And then we just put it on a record. So he's just a fan of the band and yeah. super cool dude who wants to support us because he thinks we're doing the right thing and we're super impressed. You know? hmm. I, I, support like that from a dude like that's pretty nice. I mean, to have the support of somebody who sang some of Rock's most yeah. prestigious anthems. Yeah. He's got incredible, in, incredible insight. That guy. Nothing else. It's, he's uh, brilliant. Uh, so did he write his part for the song, or uh, we kind of I kind of gave him an outline and then he finished her off. Okay. And wow. He's like, "What do you want me to do?" I'm like, oh, "I'll just do something like this." <laughs> He's like, "Okay, I'll just make up my own thing with that." I'm like, oh, "Perfect." Wow. And then, so True Rocker is sort of your guys' answer to the uh, claim that rock and roll is dead. Is that correct? Ah, uh, kind of. I think it's more just having fun. Mm-hmm. It's more about just like. Uh, being free with who you are and doing and being proud of who you are mm-hmm. and rather than um, try to be like anything else just like you know about giving up and just saying listen this is who I am so mm-hmm. that's how it goes and I think it's healthy for people to look at it like that mm-hmm. okay. so the tour poster for this tour yeah. happens to feature you guys in a very hockey situated thing and it seems yeah. that we got a Hockey Night Canada t-shirt over there. (laughs) The sport of hockey has seemed to revolve around the band's career for quite some time now. You guys have yourselves a fantasy hockey pool, from what I hear. Um, You guys also sponsor a peewee hockey team, is that right? We sponsored a girls team two years ago. Wow. Uh, Yeah, we're we're probably going to do it again soon. Mm -hmm. But uh, we we had difficulty sponsoring another team this year, so... We're kind of like just, uh, we'll probably work for next year, get another team sponsor. But yeah, we just like hockey. It's awesome. Is that like, did you guys just always grow up around the sport? Did you play the sport when you were young? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just love hockey, man. Just It's it's what we watch and what we do, and it's super fun. Okay. You actually had a song featured on Hockey Night in Canada recently and I mean it's not like to have your song featured on Hockey Night in Canada is one thing but to have Don Cherry like (coughs) call on the song like the week after just to like comment on just how well it fit everything and just how it's a true rock and roll song like Mm -hmm. to have someone who's an idol in a sport that you like to like 
How crazy was that moment for that you? That was awesome. That was great. I think uh, I forgot about it actually. Um, <laughs> but it's it was amazing. It was super awesome. Uh, yeah, we had we were watching. I was watching on Game Center. There's like a three minute delay. Mm-hmm. And then Jared was watching on regular TV. And he called me. He's like, turn it on right now. That was already on. He's like, just wait. And then it came on, and then he did this whole spiel, and we're like, okay, that's uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I'm grateful that, uh, grateful that people like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially um, pretty much the Canadian idol of hockey, oh, the yeah. lord Tom. in he's, some people's he's minds. He's nice, really, really nice guy. So it's very, it's very kind of him to do that for us. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. Um, you guys have also worked with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the mm-hmm. CFL playing the halftime of the Labor Day game this recent year. What was that experience like playing probably the biggest venue, I would have to say, in Hamilton, Ontario? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I mean, we only played like three songs, but it was good. It was televised. It mm-hmm. was about what we wanted. We like doing stuff with the Cats. We're all Cats fans. Too. So with the album, did you guys take a different approach to lyric writing? No. So it's usually the same. Mm-hmm. I just kind of figure it out. Okay. <laughs> so for some of the songs, let's dive into them a little bit. Okay. Devil Don't Care. I yeah. kind of like the idea, the message behind that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to dive into... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just about... Um, I just think the world's so fucked up that the devil is like a, not even a reasonable scapegoat anymore. So that's kind of <laughs> what, what I was kind of going for. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, it doesn't really matter, does it? That's <laughs> well, kind of the whole, the whole sentiment behind the song. It's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't you can't sell your soul. You know? No one wants it. This is gonna happen, man. It's starting to go. So. Oh yeah. Because I mean, everybody always wants to say that the devil made them do it, or they yeah. sold their soul to the devil, or. Well, that's the sentiment. It's just kind of like that stuff. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when somebody's ruling what would be considered the underground why would he have to worry about what somebody who's random who's oh the devil made me yeah. go and drive my car recklessly or it's more of a statement <laughs> to tell people like well no it's more of a statement it's like why are you looking for a scapegoat just like mm-hmm. accept the fact that you're trash <laughs> <laughs> so true though right like why do you need someone else to like say who you truly are as a person like right. that's who you are and that's how you're acting embrace it just don't try and hide from it right. that's who you're gonna be okay <laughs> hey, uh young city hearts for the lyrics for that one you got you said that you had some parts written out for it already right. but it was already progressed into otherwise so what was it and sort of what did it end like did it end up morphing from the idea you had already had for it or really i think we just refined a lot of things i think it was mostly just taking words out and moving things around that made it the way it is now mm-hmm. but yeah that song's just about fun mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes i it's very fun song it's about fun. makes makes your heart want to dance yeah. Your 2013 album, Furiosity, yeah. actually recently went gold. I did. That's a nice plaque. I, I imagine. What was uh, receiving that like? Uh, it's cool, man. Mm. I'm pretty excited. You know, it's, it's, Is it actually gold? Uh, yeah, but it's, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> like 400 bucks, there's no way the record's gold. <laughs> Do they make you buy the gold record? No, no. The record okay. level buys them for us, but if you're going to buy them from other people, you have to pay. Okay, because I know that's how they do it with like awards and yeah, stuff. Yeah, do you know you got to buy yeah. 
your juniors, but the, if you win a junior, your record label buys it for you. Hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Ours does. Did, uh, did the uh, 2013 Breakthrough Group of the Year, did that one get covered for you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. It's at my mom's house. Well, hopefully, if you win the 2018 Album of the Year there for rock, where are you going to place <laughs> that one, you feel? Probably the same place. I don't want it. She can have it. Hmm? She can have it, yeah, too? Yeah, my mom can have it, yeah. She can sit there and have the nice collection yeah. Put of up there Marv's. Impress your sisters. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... Uh, so they can come home and... He, why is he the favorite? <laughs> it'd be cool, because... Uh, it'd be cool. I mean, it's fun to just go and see everybody. Mm-hmm. And really, we haven't been to a Juno's. We, we get nominated every time we put out a record. We've missed the last, like, three So it's nice to go. Mm-hmm. Nice to see everybody. Hmm. It's uh, in Toronto this year? London. London, so nice and close to home. Eh, kind of. London's a little farther. I wish it was in Toronto. <laughs> but London's fine. It's a nice place to. Well, always, always a good time over in London. Yeah, not bad. So, are you guys planning on. You guys have the announcement for the European dates. Are you guys planning on hitting any festivals after that? Or once you guys are done the European dates, are you going to be coming back, touring a little bit more, yeah, heading back got, into the studio? What's the plan for afterwards? I think we got a bunch of Canadian stuff we're doing over the summer. It's like flying festival stuff. And then we're probably going to go back to the studio here and there uh, as we go along and hopefully have, you know, get it done. <laughs> That's kind of the, the whole thing. It's just. Uh, Work as hard as you can now so you don't have to later. You guys do a lot of your writing on the road then so that you're prepared once you get into the studio and you can knock it out in the shortest oh. amount of time oh, as yeah. possible. Yeah, we're always ready. We usually do the demo, we demo the whole record and then go in and record it. Hmm. So, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a pretty good system now. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, besides writing and sitting inside of a van, what do you guys do when you're on the road for fun? Look around, eat. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Went to, <laughs> went to the Canucks game last night. That was cool. Ooh, but, nice. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, kind of relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, an hour and a half of yelling my face off is uh, tiring. <laughs> so I tend to just chill out a lot. Mm-hmm. I see you guys also got to uh, be a part of a European hockey team's oh, yeah, the opening Glasgow, procedures. Glasgow clan. And the cool. Glasgow clan. Yeah, hmm. up in Scotland. It's great. That's pretty cool. Beautiful, beautiful place. So did they just invite you to do that? or? Yeah. Oh, cool. They wow. knew we were hockey fans, and we'd hmm. done some things with them before. And, uh, yeah, they're just really cool. So, like, done some things with them, like they used some of your songs? Yeah, and we went and did how to skate with the, some of the, with their players. And like a little, you know, it was cool. Because hmm. people get really stoked when you're from Canada. They have hmm. a pretty good team. Their team actually gets, like, three or 4,000 people into the games. Oh, dang. Which is more than a lot of like OHL or Western Hockey League teams. I'm pretty sure that's more than uh, the team in town here gets. Yeah, so it's one of those things. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's like hockey's kind of catching on in the UK. Mm-hmm. So they latched on to us because we got songs going on. Mm-hmm. You guys are pretty big supporters of your OHL team back in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Bulldogs right on. Yeah, yeah. OHL champs. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, we go every game. Everyone that you possibly can, pretty much. Season ticket holders. Yeah, well, they give they give us passes. Oh wow! So we don't really need tickets. We just go and sit around. Honorary members of the yeah, team, so. sort of thing. Yeah, I, t- I took my kid a lot. He loves it. That's good. Yeah. Raising him up right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> 
Have you taught your kid how to skate yet? Uh, no, but he's starting to learn on his own. Okay. I'm, I'm away a lot, but mm-hmm. his mom's got him out there. How do you find that uh, that being? Because, I mean, when you guys first got, like, the contract and started hitting the road, I imagine that you really didn't have much of a family life back home, like, no. in terms of kids or wives or anything. So, uh-huh. like, how has that changed the dynamic of being on the road and touring and everything else? Not much. I mean, really, it just makes, you know, it's harder to be away from the sun, but other than that, mm-hmm. same stuff. Really? I mean, we have a little bit different responsibilities, but everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right. that's what she does. I have a feeling we're about to get drowned out by sound one more time. <laughs> yeah, so, you're last second, last question, my sure. friend. What is the future plans here for Monster Truck? Are you guys planning on pushing the sounds a little bit further now that you guys have already like seeing where the line is do you guys want to see if you can maybe mark another one a little bit further along i think whatever feels right man i think that's kind of the way i like to approach things yeah whatever feels right all right leave it there thank you thank you so much And just like that, in classic Desert Tire fashion, we run things right to the edge of time. Of course, there was a little bit of a snowstorm going on the day that I met up with John Harvey and Monster Truck. Thankfully, they were still able to get the show started on time. Doors were open. They played a fantastic show in front of the crowd here in Kamloops, British Columbia at CJ's nightclub, of course, put on by the wonderful Cam Merce Productions. I want to go ahead and thank John Harvey for helping me out here with this episode. I also want to go ahead and thank a few other people for helping out with this episode as well. That has to go out to Oliver, Andrew, and Tom for all the assistance that they gave in helping this episode come together. Thank all three of you and anyone else that may have been involved in that process. I need to thank you guys, the listeners here at the Desert Tiger Podcast, for tuning in once again to another episode of the DTP. You guys know that I love you so much. If you enjoyed what you heard here on the episode, this episode right here, maybe you want to feel so inclined to go ahead and share this episode amongst your friends and family by sharing it on your social media platforms, maybe even telling them about the episode personally being like, yo, I really think that you guys would enjoy this show. It's called the Desert Tiger Podcast. The guy that hosts it is a little bit arrogant. He talks really fast sometimes, but he has really dope guests like all the time. And just like that, they will understand that I love self-depreciating myself all the time, and they'll be like, okay, maybe this guy will be chill. And then maybe there'll be a new listener, and then maybe they'll decide to go ahead and hit follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you may be listening on if you are a new listener here at the podcast. Like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. Those of you 
who have gone ahead and ordered your t-shirts with that code that I said in the middle of the show. That's right. In your message for the t-shirt, go ahead and tell me that you are a true rocker. You're going to get yourself 20% off your next purchase of DTP merch as well. That, of course, is only valid until the end of February 2019, though. So go ahead, hurry up, and save yourself 20%. Okay, next week on the show, we are going to be featuring a member of the Guest Who. He is the longest standing lead singer in the Guess Who history. His name is Derek Sharp, and we are going to be discussing how he ended up in the band his experiences playing in the Guess Who, having Rudy Sarzo recently join the band, and a whole lot of other things like the album they dropped in 2018. So I hope that you guys are going to be tuning in next week on February 28th for my conversation with Derek Sharp, lead singer of the Guess Who. So until next week, toodaloo!